Well, dude, it's uh, it's been a minute. How you been? Yeah, I've been great, man. How about yourself? Freaking loving life. Um, or, yeah. or and you're officially like I can officially tag you on Instagram and like be friends with you. Now, on Instagram yeah, apparently now, now you can. <laughs> yeah, I think they just re- let me off the hook like a month, a couple weeks ago. <laughs> you're you're out of, you're out of for uh, now. That that yeah, <laughs> for now. For now, yeah. yeah. Um, so for those that don't know, for those that don't know, which you should know, and, uh, I want you to introduce yourself and talk about your background a little bit, but then I want to, I want to talk about how you completely derailed my speech at the Roger (laughs) Up event. I was like, Hey, is there a world champ in the audience? And he's like, yeah, right there. And I'm like, sweet, perfect example. And you're like, nah, bro, that never happened. And then afterwards you're like, no, that totally happened. I'm like, God dang it, Kevin. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I just like, I, you know, I want to make it, I don't want to make things easy for you. No, 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 no. Yeah. Make me work harder. Right. Explain things in more detail. But anyways, um, before we get into your background, what did you just retire from? Um, fighting i just retired from fighting i was a professional muay thai fighter for about 20 years um i did a little bit of kickboxing and some other things as well but muay thai was my was my main passion my goal and my focus and then uh i had my retirement fight uh a year and a half ago in june uh in uh florida and it was uh fortunately I i was happy my last fight was a muay thai fight i was actually doing kickboxing for about five years uh, and I always wanted to have at least one more Muay Thai fight and I, uh, I was fortunate to be able to to line that up to where that was going to be my last fight and um, you know I was very very happy to be able to go out in the thing that I that I really do love the most which is Muay Thai and it was beautiful man you're so fast you're so fast yeah um, thanks <laughs> and so like let's go back so First, yeah. congratulations on, you know, 20 you. plus years of, of a career of getting punched in the face. Um, <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, so here I am at Roger Up, and I gave this talk about uh, basically <laughs> limiting belief factors, right? That you have to visualize, you know, this whole thing of like visualizing your success, you know, visualizing what you're going to be, whether it's, you know, it could be anything, money, losing weight, a relationship with your wife. It doesn't matter what it is, but the the fact yeah. that you have to, if you can't believe it, if you can't envision it, then it ain't going to happen. And, and, and the majority, the majority of world-class athletes out there, they, you know, every, you know, talking to like Kurt Angle and all these, you know, different people that I've met over the years, Matt Vincent, they literally envision themselves, not Kevin Ross, but uh, they envision themselves. <laughs> they envision themselves on the podium. They envision themselves winning the thing, whatever it is, achieving the goal. Mm-hmm. But they believe it so much that that has already happened to them. It has already happened. They just got to travel the road, do the work to get there. But the end state has already happened. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm on stage, and I'm like, "Hey, did you ever envision or believe that you were, you know, you're envisioning, you're, you're, you know, you're raising your hands and winning?" You're like, "No, never, man." And then, uh, and then afterwards you said, but tell me, tell them, tell them what you actually yeah. did, what the reality of it was. Well, to be fair, the, <laughs> I think it was the way that you structured it. And so oh, it was, it was that's my what fault. you were saying, but it was, it was yeah, my... it was definitely your fault. <laughs> so what you said was, 
or what you asked me was, did every time, did you know that you were going to win every time? Like, yeah. did you visualize yourself winning? I'm yeah. like, and I was like, no, <laughs> definitely not. Uh, like, there's a lot more to it than that. But as far as, you know, uh, how we talked about, uh, I photoshopped myself with the belt on and, and, yeah. and visualizing winning and that kind of thing. And yeah. that's, that was, that was, there was just some crossover there that I thought that was click like, you even took time. it. I wish you would have said that when I was on stage, like, oh yeah, I, I actually photoshopped belts on me. Because that truly yeah. is, I mean, that's what you have to do. And I think that, and it's cheesy, right? I get people think that people on the outside can think it's cheesy and, and whatnot. But the reality, uh -huh. the reality is you have to do that stuff. You have to. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. If you don't, if you don't know where you're going or where you want to get to, you're never going to, you're never going to get there. You at least have to have an idea of where that is. Right. Uh, and, in, you know, the more specific you can be about it, the closer to that thing you're going to get. So, um, you know, I wouldn't only a couple times did I actually like Photoshop that belt on. Um, but a lot of times what I would do is I would always have the picture of my opponent. I had it on my phone. I had it on the treadmill. I had it on, uh, on my uh, bathroom sink. So there was never a moment of time. This was not on my mind. Yeah. This person stayed with me and you get, you also get so comfortable seeing that person where, if you don't, the first time you step on the scale with them, you know, you're, you're automatically looking into these eyes of a, of a person like you don't necessarily know how you're going to respond to that. But when you get comfortable with seeing that person over and over and over again and just visualizing those things and, and just that mentality and that switch that needs to happen uh, when you get in the ring, uh, I always found that extremely beneficial. Well, it's, you know, it, it's it's as simple as your energy goes where your where your focus goes. Like, mm -hmm. you're, like, so you're hyper focused. Yeah. Exactly. Like, this is the mission. This is the objective, and you can put that into uh -huh. anything in life. But for you, at the time for fighting, it was that was the objective, and yeah, any anything away from that pulls your focus and pulls your energy into that. And and because you did that, you became a world champ. Um, but did. so yeah. you're 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 successful in that world, right? But I mm -hmm. something that I realized that I've been doing. And I just started this on the last podcast too. We talk a lot about people's success and I'm like, how did you get, how did you become successful? And, and we can talk about that and like, you know, your training regime and all that. But what I really think that I, I think that it hits home harder is your failures. And, oh, yeah. and we all have them. And so what is, you can just, if you can remember just one story or one failure that really hit you, but that how that failure led to more success. Do you have any, do you have any failures in your life? <laughs> I, got, I got lots, I got plenty, plenty of those to, to pull from. Um, the, the biggest thing for me with, with fighting and everything was I had viewed, I mean, my life prior to that was in my mind, just failing, giving up, uh, letting the letting the world beat me down, using all these excuses that I had for for not going after things, and uh, just being comfortable with whatever whatever was going to be given to me, um, and and then and then I finally you know started fighting, turned my life around, and then that first fight uh, was just the just gigantic uh, eye opening experience by losing, by getting stopped, and having to face that my very my very first time in the ring 
you know, a lot of people don't have to necessarily go through that right away. And you get this false sense of how things are going to go and whether you can actually do this. Everybody can do that when things are going well, you know, when things are mm -hmm. nice, when, when the checks are coming in, when, when your wife or your girlfriend's happy, when your kids are healthy and doing well, it's easy to be happy and positive and motivational when that's going well. It's like, what are you going to do when, when the whole world turns upside down? Do you still want to do this? But it also shows you if you really want to be doing something or not. That's how you know. You, no one knows if they want to do something when it's going well. That's why you have all the, those armchair quarterbacks like, oh, yeah, that would be great. I would do that. Like, no, you fucking wouldn't. <laughs> or or yeah. they they talk about how how great it would be if if I was famous, if I had all this money. And like, yeah, because you're only viewing the positive side of that. You're not viewing the negative side of that. And you're also not viewing what it takes to get there, what it takes to stay there. So we always want these things. And that's why I, I try to be very vocal about my struggles and things like that. So it's, you have a more realistic picture of what it takes, but it also, I think, humanizes everything. Whereas yeah. you look at some of these people and you don't, you don't think you can accomplish these things because you assume they're born a certain way. They have a certain look, they, they have a certain amount of money, they're whatever, whatever the case may be. And, and a lot of those factors might be relevant, but you don't see all their failures, all the businesses that, that collapsed on them, you know, and that's why I really, I love to read um, about people's life stories, their origin stories. You see how many failures they went through to get to where they got to. It's, it, it'll like blow your mind. And the problem is that kind of thing isn't promoted in this world. We promote the success. We promote, you know, this is what you should be. This is how you get there. But they don't, they leave out the whole relevant part of the story about what it takes you have to keep grinding going through the struggle you got to keep pushing yourself and if you understand that you can apply that to literally any aspect of your life and be successful if you know how to get good at one thing you know how to get good at everything you just change what, what you're applying those same um, paths towards uh, that same process it's the same for everything in life it doesn't change regardless of what it is so figure out what you want to do this is how you get there Discipline. The details may change the yeah. circumstances. Yeah. Discipline, uh, but, but the base of everything clarity. Yeah. 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 Um, so out of your, tw so I remember you telling me that first fight was a total shit show, which is funny because like uh, most people yeah. don't, they kind of, if your first fight, don't they kind of prep it to like try to get you to win your first fight? Sometimes. Yeah. I mean, a lot of people do that. A lot of people, unfortunately are are babied and brought up uh, you see it a lot in uh in boxing more so when they go pro because they there's there obviously is a process to that and they're trying to build them up so much so that when they do get to that big money payday fight yeah they're undefeated you know there there's there's of course a, a reason for that but, but they also yeah. went through years and years and years of amateur fights where it wasn't necessarily about winning and losing it was about getting that experience and yeah. grinding it out and, and, and getting that work in. So that's, you can't necessarily uh, compare that to a lot of things, but yeah, a lot of people do want it to be easy. They want it. They want to always look good. They, they all, you want to feel good. You want to win. Obviously you want you don't want to go out there and get your head kicked in, but you do need to understand that's, that's coming at some point. And if you can't pick yourself and keep pushing past that, then you should just, you shouldn't even get started. There was a, so out of 20 years, 
out of 20 years did you ever hit that that like a, a low on the roller coaster ride during that 20 years yeah many times a lot of it i mean a lot of it for me in the beginning was i just couldn't get any freaking fights it was impossible you know muay thai was was one of those things that nobody talked about nobody knew about you know ufc started gaining a lot of popularity so mma was big obviously boxing yeah. was big but but muay thai in this country is just a non a non-factor it wasn't even a conversation people didn't people didn't even know what it was you couldn't even tell people general people that you did muay thai without saying it's like kickboxing yeah, right. and and for a muay thai fighter it's just like ah oh, fuck man it just like it eats that part of your soul. No, I get that because it, they're, I get that because this, this is the this is the reason why um, they're like, well, what did you do in the Marine Corps? Well, I was a Marine Raider. They're like, well, what is that? I'm like, oh, fuck. Do you know what the Navy SEALs are? Yeah, we're like that, but the the Marine Corps. They're like, oh, I get it now. I'm like, God damn it, you know. So I yeah, I, it I, almost I, it almost it almost hurts to, yeah. to even say it. So. <laughs> yeah. Most or and then it, it it even bothered me to explain it. So most of the time when people would say that, I'm like, yeah, and but still you're just like, no, no, <laughs> no, it's not. It's not even the same. It's like trying to compare American football and rugby together. They yeah. they both run, they both have a ball, they both hit each other, but they're completely day and night different sports. Although there's a lot of aspects that do look similar, um, but it yeah it's it, it can be painful to have to explain that to people. So, so, so just getting fights over the years was difficult. Yeah. So it's, it's like one obvious, obviously you're not making any fucking money because there's never been Muay Thai, money in Muay Thai. So that was never even a factor as, as to why I was doing it. But, um, you know, not even being able, not making money, paying, you're basically paying to fight because what it costs to train and what, what you sacrifice for. So you're doing, you're sacrificing so much and you're still not even able to, do the thing that you love to do. Yeah. You know, so at some point, like for myself, at, I eventually got to the point when I basically fought everyone there was for me to fight in this country. And then I started just fighting whoever I'm like giving up 20 pounds to, or taking boxing fights and taking MMA fights just to stay busy. Cause I understood that you got to stay active regardless of what it is. That's such an important piece of the puzzle, staying busy. You know, and getting for, in there day and in and for you and day to stay out. healthy the way I understood it, which we'll get into in a little bit. But for you to stay healthy, it was kind of imperative that you stay active and stay training and stay. Oh, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we we can we can we'll definitely uh, get into that. But um, so it was it was really difficult, you know, and, and you're anytime you're going after something like your passion obviously no one around you is going to understand. So they're always going to be asking, when are you going to give this up? You know, when are you going to stop yeah. doing this? Like it's a hobby or something. You I'm know? sure so, so you clearly got, nobody, I'm sure you got that for like <laughs> at least the first like 10, 15 years, probably. Oh, without question. Um, but I knew that going in. So I, that never even really, I'm like, I don't fucking give a fuck what you, what you really think. But I really, I do understand how difficult that is for people. I think because just the way I, grew up, I was already used to being viewed a certain way and not really accepted and always kind of away from society and the typical paths you follow. So that, that never really bothered me, but you, you still feel it, you know, it's, it can't say it doesn't impact so, you at all. So Kevin um, didn't, so Kevin that was didn't, difficult. 
Kevin didn't grow up in like a normal suburban life with uh, a rich uncle and um, no, no, no. It was uh, you know my my parents divorced very early on. I actually got a. It was really drastic, um, different, drastically different lifestyles because when my parents were together, uh, my dad. Uh, we lived in very affluent neighborhoods. He was in real estate, so we were used to live in the good life, you know. Yeah. And you, when that's all you know, you assume that's just the way that life is and the way that it's going to be. Just like when you're always winning, you think that's the way that this is just going to be this way forever, and it's great. Yeah. <laughs> or you don't even know that it's great. You're just like, this is normal. This is totally normal. And then when so when they divorced, we went from living in a mansion basically to myself my brother my two sisters and my mom living in a a, a single room in a basement of or her friend's house because we couldn't we couldn't go anywhere we couldn't live anywhere and and living off the government food stamps and you know <laughs> the hardest part was we were still in these neighborhoods like her friend she's still at her friends in that community so we were extremely poor and um yet we were still in that spectrum you know so it was it was really tough it, it was really tough i mean as soon as we moved and we're in we're in a place where it's like everybody's poor you don't it's not as it's not a drastic thing you're like you're you're in a group you know you can you can handle it better but when it's like you're singled out as you're the poor kid yeah you know you're the one that doesn't have anything and they used to uh they would have these lines for lunch where you the poor kids would get free lunches where everybody else you know paid for theirs uh, and I just refused to just eat. I just never ate because I'm like, you're going to put me on display in this line saying like, here's the poor kids who don't have anything and, you know, have sympathy for them or, you know, kids are fucking assholes. So, you know, it's just awful. So I just refused to ever even, I just stopped. I just didn't eat. <laughs> Maybe that's why I was so skinny my whole life. Um, yeah. yeah. So it was, that was a, that was a, that was a really a, a drastic thing. Um, uh, on top of everything else. And then eventually uh, we got, we moved all the way from, we were in Georgia at the time. We moved from Georgia all the way to Oregon. So it's like these really drastic life changing events, not only the, the financial thing, my parents splitting up, but then being ripped away from everything and everyone that I knew into this brand new place. You know, And now it happened, geez, when was I like 10 years old? I was just I about to ask, was that the, was that like the pivotal moment in, um, in kind of the degradation of who, like what you got into and like probably what you're going to be talking about oh, next, yeah. but was that the pivot that was that the time when shit started going South and you started doing some dumb shit? Yeah. Yeah. It completely altered my reality and who I was because prior to that, I was this really full life outgoing kid, really happy and um, very social. And from that point, I just really internalized everything. Everything just got very dark in my mind. My, my hope for the world just went, it was like gone, you know, yeah. it's like you're living in this kind of fantasy world almost. And then all of a sudden it's like, you know, it's really dark out here. And it completely changed my perception of, of what life was, what it should be. Uh, and I became continually became victim minded in the sense that I accepted that this is the way life is now. There's nothing you can do about it. 
you're going to, you just take what you get, take what you can get. Life is going to treat you like shit. Everything bad's going to happen. There's no point in looking for working towards anything because it's just going to be taken away from you. I, I, I kind of lost that, that sense of childhood and dream and wonder and hope for anything. It's like, why hope for something? It's just going to be ripped away. What, why, why, what's the point of doing that? So I just really, really just lost hope in, in anything and became really dark and, and, and the way that life continued to go, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't see any reason that was going to be ever be any different. So I just accepted that this is the way that life is from now on. And well, I, I never really thought I would live very long anyway. So I just kind of didn't I remember, I remember you care. Say, I remember you saying that and uh, like you were a teenager, right? You're like, well, I'm not going to live very long. Yeah. 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 What were yeah. you getting into? I didn't. Uh, uh, so I started drinking and doing drugs when I was 12 years old, probably. Yeah. And then just progressed from there. I mean, I never got into like crazy hardcore shit like heroin or nothing, but I was pretty, I was like right on that cusp. You know, I mean, I even remember the day um, I want, I wanted to do heroin uh, when we moved to Vegas and I was trying to get some. And then that day that I was, gonna get it it just didn't work out and i never, I never did thank god uh particularly myself i, I mean i have a very, uh, I'm a very i have a very addictive personality in the sense that if i'm gonna do something i'm gonna go all the way yeah you know, it's like off if i'm gonna on, drink on i'm either, gonna drink every on either side of the spectrum <laughs> greatness or in, in the yeah stuff yeah <laughs> well that that was a, an extremely positive thing once i realized you can take that and point it in the positive direction yeah I'm like Oh, this addictive personality can be great. It can be a superpower. It's just when yeah. it's bad. So that's why you see a lot of these um, drastic spins in people's lives when they choose to turn that or, or point their their boat in a different direction. They're using that same energy that yeah. they had to point it in a in a negative one. And you know, you take the the good and bad out of it and realize that everything is energy. Everything good yeah. that happens to you, everything bad that happens to you, it's it's energy. What are you going to do with it? And most of the time we don't think we have a choice because like, this is a bad thing. So I got to point it in a bad direction because you just feel that bad thing, but that's all on you. And once I realized that I'm the one that has the choice, like, even though I didn't have say in all these awful things that happened to me, I have a choice on what I do with it. And once I realized like that, I was the one making these decisions, I couldn't, I couldn't look myself in the mirror anymore and keep doing the same thing because I, I realized that I did have a choice where prior to that, it was everything was everything, everyone else's fault. Everything was these situations fault. The things that happened to me that like, this is why I'm this way because this happened to me and that's understandably. So I'm going in this direction. So why, why shouldn't I? Can you talk as about- if everyone just have things handed to them? Yeah. Can you tell the story about you being a teenager and your friend and up on the roof and that whole yeah. Yeah. So, um, we moved to Vegas in, uh, 95. Um, and then I, I had a really close group of friends. We were all partiers and drinkers and, um, we just hung out basically every day and <laughs> got wasted. And that's just kind of the way it was. And one night my buddy, um, my buddy Mo and I were up on his roof drinking and smoking weed. And, um, he asked me what I wanted to do with my life. And, you know, that's a pretty strange question, I think, for any kid to ask, but but particularly the group I was in, like, what do you want to do with your life? Yeah, what, what, what are you, seems... like, 13, 14 years old or something like that? 
Yeah, uh, we're probably fifteen. Fifteen. But but just that just that that would seem like something you would ask someone that's going to school, doing well, yeah, right. pushing yeah. themselves. Like, yeah, what do you want? What do you want to do with all this? And how we're gonna, over here, Kevin. Like, how, Kevin, how are, how are you going to change the world? <laughs> in your life? Yeah. yeah. So that, that that's what it was like. Like him asking me, it was like some adult just came in, and it was so far out of left field. And for him too to to ask me that question, I still just it it baffles me to think why why he said that and why he asked me that. Yeah. So I, I was in I was in shock for a minute. I'm like, I, I don't even I don't even I don't know how to respond to that question. Yeah. What do I want to do with my life? And then uh, you know I had never actually told anyone about this dream I had, or I, I wouldn't even necessarily call it a dream, but I was always fascinated with fighting. I loved martial arts. I loved Bruce Lee. I loved watching boxing fights, and I always thought about how great it would be to do not great just like how cool it was i was like oh man i just want to i want to do that one day even just to go and train at a gym to me was like would have been the most amazing the coolest thing in the world but it was so far from possible in my mind you know the yeah. realm of possibility was like this is fucking ridiculous like there's no way you're ever going to do that and um I, t I just blurted it out i told him i was like i, I want to i want to fight one day and I thought he was going to just die laughing because I, again, I'd never told anyone and to see me now, you'd think, Oh yeah, that's normal. What, what's the big deal. But to yeah. know me back then, I was, I was, I was very small, very, very skinny, shy. I didn't speak ever. I mean, I'm a very quiet person now, but I, I'm like the loudest, most talkative person in the world compared to how I, I used to be. Yeah. You know, I'd say like, two words a day if that you know and, and again just like I, I that was so far from the the way that i was and the person that i was so i, I expected him to laugh at me and he, he didn't laugh at me um and he's instead he said i think you should do it and just for that moment i was like well in my brain maybe it was like that realm of possibility like just the fact that he said that like maybe i should do it like you know like just, like, it was like one percent of possibility. He he just gave you it, permission, like right to to, to, to even think about to it. To even think about it, right? Yeah, he it's like he opened the door and he said, "Like like look in there." Yeah, I'm like, whoa! I didn't even I didn't even know I didn't I didn't know you I could think about it. I didn't right. know that was possible to think about it, and that's that was how he planted those that seed in me of just the possibility. You know, it wasn't like he planted the seed of me doing, he planted the seed of, of the, that the fact that it was possible to even attempt it or to even think or dream about it, that, that was what he did. Um, but from that, it was a momentary thing. And then it's like psh, back to drinking, back to party and forget about all that and never think about it again. Uh, but from that point forward, every time I would see a fight, it would spark that, that seed again, like, Hey, you know, you could, you could go try it. Why don't you go try it? Why don't you go try it? But it was always, ah, well, I'm too old. I thought I was too old at, when I was a teenager, <laughs> you know, it was, and just the lifestyle that I, I lived. I was like, what are you going to do? Go and play around with this for a couple of weeks. And like, what, like, what is really the point of that? Like, you're not going to do anything with it. Even if you do go do it for fun, 
you're not going to do anything with it. So it's almost like it was a waste of time. That's what I told myself. Yeah, it right. was. I rationalized. I made myself feel better for not going after this and uh, really giving into fear because it was all about fear. I was afraid that I wouldn't be good enough. I wouldn't be strong enough. People would think it was ridiculous. They'd laugh at me. Um, and I'd fail anyway. So what is, what's the point of going through all that for what, like, what's the point? Um, you want me to tell you this whole story? Yeah, man. About where that went to. Okay. I think it's, I mean, it's, um, it's, it's sad, man, but the reality is this is, this is the stuff people need to realize because it happens to so many people and yeah. they just, and they don't, they don't take the cues. They don't take the life cues. And there's a, there's a, there's a why in the road. There's a why in the yeah. road and they can have that choice and they can, they can go in a positive direction, but that's a fucking choice that right. you have to make. And I think you, clear, yeah. you and, clearly and, paint that in that pain of having to do that. So anyways, continue. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So, um, as you said there, you have all these moments in your life where there's, there's that fork in the road. When he planted that seed, I could have taken that and went with it, Yeah, but I buried it. I buried it. And I'm like, I'm on this road. I can't get off this road. So even though you open that door, I, I just kept on going past it. And I put it in the back of my mind. And every, again, every time fights would happen, it would flare up. And it was almost like I had to, I had to drown it even more each time. You know, it's like I had to, I had to suppress it down even further and further and further because it was, it was a painful reminder that I wasn't doing this and I could if I chose to. So yeah, that, that just, that almost encouraged me to drink that much more, to just distract myself that much more. And I did for, for years and years. Um, and my buddy Mo, he was, uh, he was born with a, a heart defect, which I can't remember the, the name of it right now, but um, so he was in and out of hospitals his whole life. And that, that was just what we were used to. It wasn't, it wasn't anything weird whenever he was sick or in the hospital. That was, that was just kind of the way it was. And um, we all knew that he needed to have a heart transplant eventually um, or else he wasn't going to make it, but it was never something we really thought too much about. Cause we kind of figured he would, I yeah. guess, eventually get a heart transplant. It wasn't, it wasn't that serious of a thing in our minds. I think really we just didn't want to think about it. Yeah. When I look back, yeah, you know, it's like, oh yeah, I mean, you're gonna, obviously you're going to get it eventually. And, um, he ended up in the, the hospital again, which, which, like I said, wasn't, wasn't that abnormal of a thing. Uh, and then one day I remember my phone ringing and they just said that he was gone. And when that happened, it was just another pivotal moment in my life where everything was just destroyed destroyed from a place that was already destroyed it was like another another layer another tidal wave of destruction coming in that just like buried me i was um 18 when that happened yeah and he was he was he was 17 18 so we were all seven around 17 18 years old um yeah and then when that happened it was just like the worst fucking thing on my life to that point. And, um, that night we, uh, we all got together, my friends and I, and we were just fucking just getting hammered and trying to drink the pain away, you know, as, as we do when things like that tend to happen. And, and through my drunken coping, I had this epiphany, like he, he didn't even get the chance to fail at a dream. And here I am too afraid to even try 
because I'm, 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 I'm just scared. I'm using all these excuses, but my friend, he didn't even get to, he didn't even get to attempt it. You know, he didn't even get to do fucking anything. He fucking died. And that night I promised myself, I was like, I'm going to go after this. Even if it's not for me, I'm going to do it for him. I'm going to live my life for the both of us from here on out because I need to do that because he didn't get to. I need to live his life for him, even if it's not not for my myself. You know, like fuck my life. I, I need to live his life for him. I need to do the things he didn't get to do. I need to use that energy and put it into something uh, positive. That was my that was my epiphany at the time. But I also I was also in the middle of drinking, you know. So wake up the next day and it was right back to same old shit. You know, right back to drinking so every did, day. It, and, it didn't stick initially. No, no, it didn't stick. I went, I, you know, it's kind of like when I, uh, when he said that and when he, op- he planted those seeds is like, I'm going to do this. And then it's like, when you wake up the next day, you're like, oh yeah, but I, you know, this, this is going on and this is going on. I'm not going to make it. And there's like whoosh, whoosh, drowning yourself and burying, burying that down deeper and deeper and deeper yeah. and deeper. And, you know, you bury it down so far, eventually you think it's gone. You think it's gone. Um, and I, th- I did. I thought it was gone. It, it kind of went away, and I, I never really, it never popped up again. And then, um, what was? Oh yeah. So like, like I said earlier about how I, I didn't think I was going to live very long. I had this date in my head that I wouldn't live to see the year two thousand. I don't know what it was. I don't know why I thought I. You know, maybe it was just because it was an even number, as a new millennium. I don't know. Something about it was like you will never live to see this year. Either way, I didn't think I was going to live very long. So regardless, and I never, I never did have any emotional connection to it. It wasn't something I was like, oh, fuck, I'm never going to live very long. Just like, this is the way it is. Yeah. Just to, you know, I just, Except, I accepted full, full that acceptance fact. of Full acceptance of whatever lie you were telling yourself. Yeah. yeah. And instead of saying, hey, you're not going to live very long, maybe you should do some positive <laughs> shit in your life. Yeah. It's like, hey, you're not going to live very long. So what's the point? In, what's the point in doing anything? Right. It was just another excuse I gave myself not to go after things because yeah. you're not going to live long enough to achieve it. So don't bother going after it. Um, and then um, New Year. So uh, New Year going into the year 2000. So what's that? December 31st, 1999. I was me, my buddy Joe, and my friend Pat were all in my my friend Joe's. Uh, he had this souped up Mustang 5.0. He'd always he'd raced it like every fucking day. That was like his favorite thing to do. And we were on the car, and this this Corvette pulls up next to us, revving his engine. We were on actually on our way to the New Year's party at the time, revving his engine. So they take off. They're racing. I'm in the um, in the back seat drinking a forty. We're flying down the road, flying down. Uh, it was Boulder Highway in Las Vegas. So. We smoke the dude. I look up ahead. There's a there's a there's a, 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 a intersection streetlight. You know, it's green at the time, and we're going, not thinking much of it. Then then the light turns to yellow, and we still had a we had a long way a ways to go. So I didn't I didn't think much of it. But then I started realizing we're not. And this is obviously in seconds, but you know it, it slowed down in my mind. Yeah, right. And I realized we're getting we're getting closer and closer, and we're not slowing down at all. And then all of a sudden I see the light go red. Then I see the cars start going through and we're going right into this intersection. And it, and I was like, this is it. This is, this is that moment. You're, this is the, this is your end of your life right here. Right before we go through the intersection, he hits a fucking 
right-hand turn. We go fishtailing into the intersection. I look out the back window and there's a semi-truck plowing through and his tires are spinning like they cannot catch traction. And this is getting closer and closer. And right before it hits us, we got the traction. We take off down the going down the road. You know, and on the moment, we're like, oh, my God, that was fucking crazy. <laughs> like, Not even like thinking about how fucking serious it was. But I knew that was the moment that I wasn't supposed to that I was supposed to die. And I wouldn't I wasn't supposed to be here anyway. And I look back at the past uh, well, year, however long it had been since he had passed away. And I thought about how much of my life I had wasted, not not not, not only in general, but from the point I told him in my head that that I was going to start living my life for him. Like mm-hmm. you haven't done shit. Like you've actually gone more in the other direction. And that was a giant, giant wake up call for me. Not enough to necessarily like turn my life around the next day, but it was right. another one of those moments where it was like, you had a, you have a giant fork in the road and you didn't take. And here's another example of you getting another chance. Like the how uni- many fucking The universe is like, Kevin, <laughs> look <laughs> it's like banging on my fucking and, and even that wasn't it wasn't enough but it wasn't it, i started to go down i started veering the boat a little bit like i stopped i stopped i used to drink and drive every fucking day like which i'm like so ashamed to admit looking back but it was just and it wasn't even uh like wasting like striving all the road I, would, I could just drink and drive and be totally normal and fine it was just, and you it probably, was just normal. And you probably didn't even think anything of it. Didn't think never, about anybody never, not, else. Not one. Didn't think about any repercussions, just about yourself. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, it'll be fine. Nothing, nothing's ever going to happen. Yeah. Um, and then uh, that, but that from that moment, I never, I never drove drunk ever again. And because of that, and I never got in the car with somebody driving drunk ever again. So because of that, I stopped going out as much as I used to. So that already started um, toning down a lot of my partying. I mean, I was still drinking a lot, but I wasn't just like going out and getting wasted, and mm-hmm. you know, till like six o'clock in the morning. So yeah, I started. I started kind of going down that direction, and then through a successive, uh, it was probably like two or three months just the worst fucking things like my friends were dying and going to jail and and that situation happened with me almost uh dying and um it just it was again like getting hammered over the head like you're gonna fucking die you're gonna fucking die what do you think you're fucking doing and i i it got to the point where i I just couldn't ignore it anymore you know and i just had this uh, uh, wake up call and this epiphany one day. I was like, if Mo, who was my buddy, I was like, if he was still alive, he would beat the fuck out of you for wasting your fucking life. Not only for wasting your life, wasting the life you promised to live for him. You've been lying, lying about yeah. going after this. And, and like, I'm going to, I promised you, I'm going to live for you and you're fucking dead. And now I'm, I'm still living the exact same, if not worse than I was. You didn't when learn. I made that you didn't learn promise. shit. <laughs> I don't yeah. that shit. No, you did, you did the opposite of learn because you had to almost go in the other direction to yeah. try to get away from the fact that you knew you were doing that. And, and yeah, one day it was just like, I can't, I, I can't, I can't ignore it any longer. And uh, so going into, so this was that, um, oh yeah. So that car accident, almost car accident was 2000 going right into 2000. And then 
this was almost three years later. So it was another three years from that almost fatal car accident to the point it took me to actually turn shit around. So that tells you how, how much that didn't fucking wake me up. Um, but yeah, yeah, the going into two, 2003, that, that, uh, it was like October, November, December. It was just like bad, bad, fucking bad, like really bad shit was happening. And, and I just couldn't, I, I couldn't do it anymore. I was like, this is, this is bad. This is all bad. <laughs> like nothing's, nothing's what was going on coming during, out of it. What was going on during those three years or that, that the end of those three years? Like, what were you doing? It, just the same shit. I mean, I was still, I was still drinking every day. Again, I, I wasn't going out like I used to, um, to, to clubs and bars and stuff because I refused to drink and drive anymore and, and didn't, but I mean, that only limited it to, a, to a certain degree. I was like, Oh, let's just party at the fucking house instead. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's, so it didn't, it didn't slow anything down in that regard. Um, but just enough to where, I started getting a little bit closer or, or yeah. less far away from, from the thing and yeah. started being able to see things a little bit more clearly. And then with that succession of uh, more bad things happening, those, it got to that point when I, I, I just couldn't ignore it any longer. And uh, so 2003, I made it my, my new year's resolution. I'm, I'm going to go after this and I'm never going to stop. I'm only going to go in this direction from here on out. And that first week of, January 2003 is when I got in the gym and that was talk, talk to me about it. your mental process. Did you already, did, did you already find a gym? Did you, I like, like, what was that? Tell me the story well, of you walking in there. Yeah, for the first so, time. so actually in 98, um, so what's that? Five years prior, I had actually, you know, I let that, that dream kind of build up a little bit enough to, I started calling gyms around. You know, I was like, all right, so I want to do this. So Muay Thai, you know, even to this day, not everybody knows what that is. Muay Thai is the national sport of Thailand. So um, baseball in America is the national sport. And Thailand is fucking fighting. And it's Muay Thai. Uh, yeah, you go to bars, for those you don't know, you go to bars and they have live amateur fights all the time. Fights. Just, just every, yeah. day, every day. Every day. All over the, all over the country. Um, and so I started... I looked at I looked at the phone book, which we had phone books in those days. <laughs> Pulled open the yellow pages, and uh, so I'm like, "All right, uh, martial arts gyms, all right." And then, um, which ones teach Muay Thai? Well, there was a handful that even said Muay Thai, right? And that, which you know, ninety percent of them were just teaching kickboxing. And they put Muay Thai on the door because nobody knows any fucking difference. So why wouldn't you put that on the door? Yeah. Um, so a big thing for me was like, if I'm going to do this, I, even back then when I was 18, I was like, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to, I need to do it right. I need to learn from the source. I need to learn from ties. Um, not uh, even though like, obviously Americans can teach it. It's like, if you can get it from the source, why wouldn't you? Yeah. So I was like, I'm going to, I want to learn from ties. I need to take private lessons because I don't want to be in a class full of people who some are, some want to fight, someone just there to fuck around. Some are there for whatever other reasons I kind of knew back then that, you know, I, this is, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to go all the way. So I need to go to the source. I need to be as focused as possible. And it's like, all right. So that kind of helped me narrow it down. Cause there was only a handful of gyms that taught Muay Thai. And then within that, maybe five of those that even taught Muay Thai, only two of them offered 
um, private lessons and only one of those had ties. So that helped me <laughs> narrow it right down. I didn't even have to choose, you know, it was like, that's it. I'm going to fucking go in there. So I actually did go to the gym. I talked to the trainer, uh, you know, it kind of explained everything to me, but he also told me how expensive it was going to be to take one-on-one -on -one lessons from the coach. And I left there just like feeling so, def I'm like, this is no fucking way I can do, I can't, this, I have no money. This is in 1998 or is this in 2003? Yeah. So this is a this was in 98. Oh, okay. you know, I was, I was like so excited. I was so excited going there. I'm like, okay, oh yeah, I'm going to do this. And then when I found out that I was like, you can't fucking do this. I'm like, what are you gonna do? Go train in the class with a bunch of fucking people. Like you're never going to make it. Like I already at 18, I already felt too old to start. Like yeah. you're already so old in, in well, the fighting realm explain that really because like these people that are doing this when are they starting yeah so especially muay thai in thailand those kids start at six six years old i mean <laughs> their their families basically give them over to the gym so they can grow up in the gym and they can make money fighting and then they send that money back home yeah so they 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 they, they live in the gym so they take them from their homes wherever it is i mean because you know when you look and uh, Thailand. I mean, they're, they're all in poverty. They're all farmers and workers and stuff. So it's like, this is, this is the only way my kid can even have a chance yeah. is by sending them to these camps, you know? Yeah. So again, they start, it's, in, it is their culture and they do start very young, but even here, when you think about a boxing and the people that really make it, they start very, very, very early so they can get into the amateur ranks and start getting that experience. And so to be, to even think you have a chance of making it anywhere, you need to start relatively young. I mean, like 12, 13, that's, you're already getting really close to the cutoff. Yeah. Um, you know, if you can do it like eight, 10, 12, I mean, right. you just, I'm, like, I'm 18. It, yeah. Any martial arts, like look at jujitsu. Most of the guys that are like the best, they've been doing it since they were, you know, young teenagers or before. Yeah. And it just gives you another excuse and validates your reason for not going after that. Like, I can't make it because the only way to make it is to start early. Yeah. And I, I that's what I told myself. I was like, I, I, I'm, I'm already 18. So I'm, I'm, I'm relatively old. I can't afford to pay for these private you, lessons, which is the what, only chance I have. Do you remember what, the, what it was? That what the cost was? Um, it was probably, so I was like, all right, I need to train a couple times a week. Um, you know, it was I'm probably a couple grand a month you know, <laughs> for, you know, and then for a 18 year old kid who doesn't how much have you, any money. How, how much were you making back then? Fucking like nothing, like hardly anything. I, I would do like odd jobs for my pops here and there. And uh, yeah, but that, it was so out of my realm of, being yeah. able to afford it you know yeah. i was like uh dude just doing the classes alone like that was even i was barely even gonna make that i could make that happen so but then i again so I walked it felt like yeah i i told myself i'm like you're just gonna be throwing your money away like you're never gonna make it doing classes with everybody that's not training i knew back then that's not training for a fight that's just yeah. <laughs> going through the motions um so yeah so i left and i was just like it's never going to fucking like it's, you're too, it's too late. It's too expensive. It's never going to happen. Um, so yeah. So when I did make that decision and in going into 2003, I, I already knew where I was going to go. I was like, I went to the gym already. They, uh, so that was helpful to already have, have that route planned out for myself. 
Um, and yeah, well, and the thing too was um, going into uh, 2003. Um, so that right before New Year's, uh, I was hanging out with my pops, um, drinking, <laughs> and uh, uh, we were sitting down in his office. And he asked me, he's like, well, he asked me the same fucking question my buddy Mo did. He's like, what do you want to do with your life? I'm like, fuck, what the fuck are you talking about? No, no, no. What he said was, he said, tell me something you've never told anyone before. And I'm like, what the fuck does that mean? Tell something. And I was like, what, like I killed somebody? <laughs> like I ran somebody over with my car and I haven't told anybody about that? Yeah, yeah, so I'm like, my, my, my br brain, I'm like racking through these things. I'm like, what could I tell him that I've never told anyone before? And it was like, you want to fight? You want to fight? And I'm like, no, I can't fucking tell him that. I'm like, there's got to be something else. And I'm just sitting there and like time's painfully ticking away. And I'm like, not saying anything. I'm like, I have to fucking say something. And then I, I just kind of blurted it under my breath. I'm like, hey, I, want, I, just, I thought I, I want to fight. And he's like, what? <laughs> what you, you want to fight? What do you mean you want to fight? Like in the ring? I'm like, yeah, yeah, I want to fight. And I, and I told him about what Muay Thai was. And uh, I told him about telling Mo about it. And I was like, I always wanted to do this. And, you know, I, and he's like, and then I told him why, why I couldn't do it. I was like, it's too expensive. I'm too old. And I told him all my excuses. And he says, uh, well, there's nothing I can do about all of these excuses you have. But if you agree to quit drinking and dedicate your life to this, I'll take care of your training. I'll sponsor you if you decide to turn your life around and go after this. I was like, deal. And I was drinking a 40 at the time. And, you know, in my head, I'm like, well, I like Monday. We'll start Monday. <laughs> he's, and he's like, he's like, what about that drink in your hand right now? I'm like. Well, you know, I almost wanted to argue with him for a minute. Like, well, we're already drinking. Like, why? You don't need to stop right now. I can. Yeah. Diet, can diet start starts tomorrow. Monday, dad. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I, I knew, I already knew back then that that mentality of like, you want to do some, you start now. You don't wait until you don't start Monday. You start whatever today is. You start fucking today. Yeah. And I uh, dumped my 40 out in the sink he had in there. And then um, that first week of January, I got started. What was, what was that like? Well, you were what, 20, 23 or something like that? I was, uh, yeah. So I turned 23 July of, uh, 2003. So this yeah. is January. So it was like six months before my birthday. Um, it was exciting, man. It was, it was so exciting, except I was so nervous too. And completely out of my element. I mean, I've always been really athletic my whole life. Always. I always played sports and stuff, but I hated, 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 hated team. Just that team mentality of, of that. So I'm like, I can fucking bust my ass, work my ass off, and you can half-ass it, and then we fucking lose. So I, I never really liked that vibe of, of team sports. I really hated that jock mentality. And again, being like really poor and being around, you know, it, it becomes that that kind of thing. You, you view people a certain way. Yeah. Um, you, you view athletic people a certain way. They get a certain amount of um, benefit from being athletic and from being the star athlete. And, you know, yeah. that, that always turned me off to it. Although I was one of those people that could always cross over through all the groups of people from the jocks to the punks to the smart kids. I, I could kind of, I had friends with, I was friends with everybody. I was, I was that kind of person who could, 
dip my toes in everybody's pool and it wasn't that strange of a thing but i was very much in the the outcast punk rocker skateboarder um, that was that was like my crew um yeah so um that first day going in so i started just doing private lessons i actually didn't even start doing the classes till much later on so my first session was with uh my coach and <laughs> he was like He's like, all right, we're going to start on Monday, six in the morning. I'm like, six in the fucking morning? Like, why? <laughs> why? Why? Can't we, like, why can't we do it? Man? I mean, I didn't ask him why. It just seemed like. This is what you were right, I guess. I guess this is what I got to fucking do now. This is, this is some bullshit. Um, yeah. And it was January in Vegas. And, you know, compared to most places, January in Vegas ain't shit, but it's still relatively cold and the gym we were in had no heat. It had broken windows. Like it was a total fucking shithole. You know, it was, it was fucking perfect. freezing in there. So it's perfect. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. It, was, it was perfect. I fucking, yeah. I fucking love it. I, I hate nice gyms with a, with a passion <laughs> because of that. Cause I, I'm, I'm just like, I love the old school, grindy like if you want to be here you want to fucking be here like yeah. there's no other reason to be yeah here but see you you know that now but you know but yeah coming up yeah, yeah. i was like damn this is fucking cold and <laughs> um yeah and then and then the first time i like kicked pads i'm like fuck dude like it was so fucking painful and again being so cold never kicking things before it just felt like you're kicking concrete and i'm yeah. just like oh my god this is this is awful but I was so excited and I was so, I was so driven, you know, because, because of that, because I knew, I knew what that other direction came with. Yeah. So I didn't care how hard this was going to be, how painful this was going to be, how many doubts or fears that I had. It in a way took that, it took that debate out of my mind where like, Oh, I don't know if I can do this. Like that doesn't fucking matter. I am doing this. I am going this direction. It doesn't matter how hard it is. It doesn't matter how difficult or painful it is. It doesn't even matter where you're even going to make it to. Like you're going to fucking do this and you're going to keep doing this and you're going to do everything in your power to do this. So I was, I was singularly focused from day, day one. That was the only reason I was there. There was a, there's a lot of people, even a lot of fighters that they don't necessarily start out with that intention of, I, the only reason that I'm doing this is to get into the ring. So I'm going to get do everything in my power to get in the ring as soon as I can. Everything that I can do, every moment of the day, every thought in my mind is about getting in the ring, and I'm going in that direction. So I was, I was, I was so focused and driven uh, from that point. So everything to me was great. The good, the bad, the ugly, everything was like, this is exciting. This is so, it was such a new realm of life for me to be in and to explore yeah, it was it was exciting. Did you struggle and with scary. did you struggle with quitting drinking and doing drugs and all that kind of stuff when you first started? I, I didn't. You know my my training. What for me was was my rehab. Yeah, it wasn't. Uh, there wasn't. Again, it, it, it takes that for me. It took that debate out of it. Like, oh, this is difficult. Like, so it's fucking difficult. Like, get your fucking ass to work. Yeah. Like. It was never, it was never even a, oh, I want to go drink. I don't want to fucking, even if my body wants to drink, it's like, I don't want anything to fucking do with that. That if I even look in that direction, I'm going to fucking die. Yeah. I, there's no doubt in my mind that 
you're going to die. You're going to kill people. Everything, everything over there is horrific and awful and bad. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it just wasn't, uh, it wasn't a, there wasn't an option. There's no option in my mind. There was not to say it wasn't difficult. It's just, there wasn't that option. There wasn't even a thought about it. It wasn't even a, maybe I might drink one, you know, it wasn't, there's nothing. It it was a non-factor because of that. I just made that choice. And I think when you do that, it doesn't, it simplifies it. It doesn't make it easier because obviously it's really hard, but if you know that's not a choice in your life, it makes your it makes your choices um, simpler. Yeah, and when you can simplify it in that regard, it does make it easier because it's a it's a left or right, it's an on or an off. There isn't a in between here where it's like, oh, I'm gonna go a little bit and then I'm gonna go back. Like you can't go there because once you're there, you're there. Did you ever did Done. you ever hear the story of uh, I think it was the British rowers? Um, Mark, I think it's what, what it was. The story Kirk told about the it was British rowers, rowing team. And I guess they sucked. Yeah, like, I don't know the full story exactly, but I guess they sucked. And they were like, they wanted to win a gold medal in the Olympics. And uh, so they basically, I don't know if it was the coach or the team, or I don't know who made this decision, but they changed their dismiss- decision-making process to everything. Does it get them closer to the gold medal or not? Everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like every decision in their life. Yeah. Does this, does this get us, does this get me closer to the gold medal or does it take me away from it? So drinking, Mm -hmm. partying, going out after a game, like training, what they eat, what they did with their time, everything revolved around that. So they just, and they said all of a sudden they had a lot less choices in their life. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, without, without. And then they went up and ended up getting a gold medal. And that was, that was, and they, you know, that's the story is like, how did you get a gold medal? It's like, well, we simplified our process. And I think there was some coach um, that just recently got, you know, did, uh, I don't know. He's a, fo- I think he's a football coach that kind of went viral for saying that, like, you want to be great. You have less choices. That's, yeah. that's it. Yeah. Without question. And that's, that is, that's the exact thing that I did. Is this thing, whatever it is, going to get you closer or farther away? And yeah. there is no in between. So if I look at that debate of, oh, I'm just going to go and have one drink. Is that one drink really going to harm my fight? Probably not. It's probably not going to fucking do anything. It's probably going to make no difference whatsoever. But is it going to help? Definitely not. It's yeah. definitely not going to help. And if you look at it in that, lens it's 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 either one or the other you're either getting better you're getting worse see i look it's at either it, helpful or it's harmful i even look at it even even more serious as yes it's one drink but so is one cancer cell cancer starts with one yeah. cell that's all it starts with mm-hmm. and that one cell eventually grows to fucking kill you so yeah it's one drink it's one sleep in it's one cheat meal it's one whatever you know what i mean but that one the power of that one can also be a huge negative, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And that I started to apply that to every aspect of my life. Is this helping me or is this hurting me? And as you said, you start to simplify those choices and it makes it easy, easier in that regard. Cause there, there are no choices. It's yeah. either this or it's this, it's not this whole realm of, well, we're going to do a little bit of this or that. 
And then I, I, so I started doing that with my training. I started doing that with my diet. I started doing that with my lifestyle choices. I did that with everything. So everything that I did was, is this helping me get into the ring? Is this helping me be the best fighter that I can be? Is this helping me be the healthiest that I can be? Is this helping me be the most focused I can be? And all those aspects of life I put into that question, yeah, left or right, good or bad. And that made it made the path that much clearer. And when it's clear, it seems possible. Mm-hmm. Because when it's not, it's very foggy. If he seems far away, it seems impossible. But you start to strip away those things that aren't helping. And then the path starts to open up. You start to see the 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 realm or the direction that that kind of goes like you don't have to see it perfectly but you you, you start uh putting the light onto that pathway yeah and blocking out all those other negative things and uh, the more that we do that that that's how you are successful in anything you start to is this helping my <laughs> whatever your thing is your relationship your job your uh your 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 talent your your health is this thing helping you it's pretty easy to figure out if something's helping or hurting you. Yeah. And once you do that, you start to apply that to everything. You want to know how to be successful? Do start doing that. Start to figure it out. It's like, how do I figure out what I want to do with my life? Well, start to figure out what you don't want to fucking do. That's pretty fucking easy to do. That's good. I, I, (laughs) I was fortunate to realize those things very early on in life. I knew what I didn't fucking want very, very much. And I was, I mean, I unfortunately started, yeah, I started running the other direction. I was like, I don't want any part of this fucking thing you guys got going on over here. I see what it goes to. I see what it leads to. It might seem nice on the surface, but I see what you sacrifice and give up and the type of people you turn into. I don't fucking want that at all. I'm going fucking over here. I don't know what's over here, but I know I don't want to be over there with that shit. Right. So I started running the other direction. But the other direction has bad too. So you you got to start... (laughs) Go in the other direction, just point it toward the positive side of the other direction, right. not the negative side. Because every aspect of life has positive and negative. It's like the extreme side of anything, even positive, is negative. Like the extreme side of health is, is negative. There's a there's a balance and a in a flow to everything in life. There's a yin and a yang to everything in life. And we unfortunately we don't we don't understand that. It's so easy to demonize certain aspects of life. It's so easy yeah. to demonize uh, other people, other, other thought processes, races, religions, whatever it is. Cause you can always point to it, the negative side of fucking any thing in this life you want to, it's, it's the easiest thing in the world to point out the negativity of somebody else. Did you, did you have that same process or how did you maintain that process through losses and injuries and things like that? Cause you've had a couple, you had a couple hard hits and yeah. like, it, was it, did you ever get that pull of like, fuck this, I'm going to go back, I'm going to go grab a bottle or, or did you say, no, I, I fucking take it <laughs> on the chin and, and keep on moving. Like how did that, how did, in your brain, how did you process that? Yeah. Well, that was another, it was that, that first fight again, where after that loss and just getting stomped out, I'm like, man, I fucking, maybe I was wrong about this. Maybe I, maybe I can't do this. Maybe every reason I had not to do this was I was right. And I yeah. shouldn't have done this. Because when I did start, I picked that shit up like I'd been doing this my whole fucking life. Like, this is it, man. This is, you should have been doing this and you're just, 
you got the afterburners on, you're going to skyrocket to the top. I was, I was picking it up like so fast. And I was, again, I was so focused and driven yeah. that I was just like lapping people that had been doing it as long. I'm like, this is like, I'm going to be right there with everybody right away. And so in my head, I thought this is the way that it is when you turn your life around. This is the way that it is when you start doing things in a positive way, uh, yeah. start uh, living your life out of passion and, and, and stop giving into fear and doubt. And then I got crushed. <laughs> I got stomped <laughs> yeah. out. My first mind, I'm like, fuck, man. Like, I was maybe that, maybe I was fucking delusional. Cause again, it's like when everything's going well, you think it's gonna, that's the way it's gonna be forever. Right. Uh, and then you have that wake up call. And for myself, it was very fortunate to happen that first day because that is where you're going to find out what you're made of and if this is what you really wanna do. Do you really wanna do this? And what are you, what are you willing to go through? What are you willing to sacrifice and what are you willing to uh, push yourself through in order to have this? And I had that moment. I mean, it was probably like a day, maybe two after that fight where I was just, I was completely crushed and devastated. And every doubt and fear I had ever had came back with a vengeance. It was, it was almost worse than before because it was almost a, uh, a signifying thing of you you were right to have those doubts. Yeah. You know, it, it almost, it almost, uh, uh, uh made them real. Cause it now it's like, now it, I know it validated, it validates your, your fears, your, 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 all your fears and all your doubts. It validates them. Yeah. yeah. So I was like that. I, I felt that I, I was, it was, I had, there was validity and all those feelings I had. And now I fucking know this mm -hmm. is why this is what happens. This is what happens when you try this is what happens when you try to make th do things right in your life. And, and then I had that realization uh, of, are you only going to do this when you're winning? Are you mm. only going to do this when things are going well? Fuck no. I fucking love this shit. I fucking love this shit. And maybe I can't be the best in the world. Hell, maybe I can't even be the best in this fucking gym. But I don't know how good I'm ever going to be if I stop now. I'll yeah. never know where I can get, make it to. Yeah. And it's like by quitting, you're guaranteed to be a failure. Yeah. You might not make. And, and once I stopped looking at it as it's not success or failure, like there's a fucking broad spectrum in there. Like start to go in that direction. You don't know how far you're going to make it. You want to set your sights on the top for sure. But if you don't make it to that one, 1%, are you a failure? Cause you're still, light years beyond where you fucking were before. Right. And I was so fortunate to have that realization and, and go through that, go through that fa failure or that loss right away. Cause I saw what happens when you don't. And when you keep winning and winning and winning and winning, cause eventually it's going to happen. Eventually something bad's going to happen. I don't, even if it's not a loss, something is going to happen. That's going to make you question everything and mm -hmm. if you don't know those answers eventually you're gonna have to you're gonna have to figure them out and what you don't want to have happen is you gave 10 years of your life to something that you didn't even really want to be doing to begin with like figure that out the day one that's why the hardest and the best way to learn is to throw yourself into the deep end you know like chuck yourself off the cliff can you fly great <laughs> or you're gonna fucking die <laughs> so it's like a lot a lot of a lot of things in my life when i look back i actually did that. It was like the first time I ever went snowboarding. I went to the top of a double black diamond 
I was like, I'm going to learn how to snowboard by the time I get down to the bottom or I'm going to fucking die. And that's you're what I fucking, fucking did. You're fucking crazy, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the, the first time I ever played hockey was a week after I'd ever put skates on in my entire fucking life. The, the first time I ever oh, that had, uh, worked that had a, to been that had to have been funny as hell to watch. I actually never learned how to stop properly. I used to just smash into the boards because I was like, I don't need to fucking stop. Dude. I'll just hit something. And I played, I played for like three years and I never really learned how to stop. <laughs> so that first fight, was, uh, yeah. that, was that the only fight you lost? So I actually, I, that was the only amateur fight I lost. I won every single amateur fight I had from that point on. And, what about the and then I lost my, I lost, what was it? My, second pro fight yeah so i lost my first one and then it's like fuck have you have that question down I'm like all right and then i started going i was like i'm gonna go for it and go do it and then that just motivated me to, to push myself that much more and so i ended up winning all the rest of my amateur fights and then my first uh pro fight which was this crazy fucking war i ended up winning that and then my second one i actually took a fight on uh it was like 24 hours notice. Um, Shit. Because, yeah. So, I mean, coming up in Muay Thai, you, you just have to take what you can get, I don't, yeah. whether it's amateur or pro, particularly back then. They're just, yeah. there are no opportunities. So you have to, if you want, if you hope to ever make it anywhere, you have gotta, to just take what gotta you gotta get can in the get. ring. Yeah. And like, I, and that's just the kind of the way we came up, that Thai mentality of like, yeah, wins and losses, like, it's fucking, it's all about experience at the end of the day. You know, they don't, they, they're fucking hilarious when it comes to, like, losing and stuff. Cause they'll give each other, like, the hardest times. Like, you'll be in the gym, somebody lost, got knocked through, like, oh, this is you last night. <laughs> <It's just laughs> rag on each other, but it's like, that keeps you honest. And it, yeah. it kind of takes that mysticism away from, uh, uh, like, being undefeated or whatever. And that's just kind of not the way that, not the thought or the mentality when it comes to Muay Thai, it does, you don't put it in that. It's not their, you have it's not their culture. Great, it's yeah. Not even a little bit. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, so I won all my amateur funds. I won my first pro fight. And then my second, uh, second pro fight, I took that fight on, <laughs> took that fight in 24 hours notice. And the dude was like 30 pounds heavier than me. <laughs> you fucking, I have this problem because I, I have like that little dog, Meant, like I don't know how small I am. I think I'm the, like I think I'm your size in my brain, or you know I think like obviously I'm smaller, but I don't realize how much smaller I yeah. am than than you, you know. So I was like, I remember like I weighed in this guy. I'm like, yeah, he's bigger than me. But the other thing too is every single person I train with, right. the smallest guy that I trained with was 20 pounds heavier than me. That was the smallest guy I trained with. So I'm like, it's normal to me. Like yeah. it doesn't. I don't even know, like somebody my size is like a little baby in my, <laughs> in my mind. So then when it's like, yeah, you want to fight this guy? I'm like, yeah. And I did that all through my amateur career too. It's just like you fight whoever you can, whenever you can. And so I never even like, it wasn't even a, 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 a minute thought in my mind. Like this guy's fucking huge and he's going to kill you. I was like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to fucking fight. We're going to, we're going to go to town. And uh, he fucking, dude, he fucking knocked me out real quick. Um, well, he actually, they stopped me. I didn't, I didn't even go down. Um, he just like caught me in the corner and was pounded on me. Like it was like a minute. He, uh, but uh, the thing was, the whole fight you know, looking was a back, minute? I'm like, 
it was like a minute and a half probably. Yeah. Oh shit. And, uh, he, uh, the thing was like, I went at this guy as if I, we were the same size, <laughs> you know? So like an intelligent person that's fighting somebody huge, you're fighting a little more defensive, a little safer. You're trying to gas him out. Like I fucking like the way that I fight, he's like, I'm just going to go at you. And I you went just, at him just, and he was like, yeah. you just batter ran man. right into this cross. He was like, Bip, and I'm a poop. And I'm fucking like stumbled back to the corner. He's like, bam, 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 fucking. And then, yeah. So then after that loss, and again, it's like, I don't, I'm like, well, he was this much bigger. And like, to me, it's just, you fucking lost the fight. It doesn't matter how good the person is. It doesn't matter how much. So at that point, so at listening. that point in your career, you just took it on the chin and said, ah, whatever, moving on. No, no, no. I had, I had that same kind of thing again. Like I had my very first fight. I'm like, Damn, really? man. Yeah, uh, it was much quicker, but yeah. there's still that. Your, your bounce back and, was quicker. And, yeah, and the other thing, too, for me that was very difficult at that time was I couldn't get fights, so it was really hard to get fights. And um, there was always that draw of, like, every almost every single person I trained with was fighting in the UFC. They were fighting yeah. in the Pride. They were all doing MMA. You know, everybody yeah. switched to MMA. I was one of the only people that stuck with Muay Thai and I was like, I fucking love this so much. And, but I couldn't get any fights. It was, it was so hard for me to get fights and all my friends are in those organizations. They're like, why don't you just switch to MMA? We can, we can get you a fight fucking today. And I was like, yeah. And again, I'm, I've never been somebody that wants to have one foot in two arenas. It's like, if I'm going to, if I'm going to be an MMA fighter, I'm going to be a fucking MMA fighter. I'm going to stop doing Muay Thai and I'm going to be the best MMA fighter I can be. So it was never a, I'm going to do both. I, I don't want to be half-ass at both. You know, it's like, if I'm going to be, I want to be the best at the thing that I do. So that, that kept me from ever crossing that bridge. Um, but going into uh, 2009, like 2008 was probably the hardest time I had. I had like, I think it was close to 30 fights fall through, if you can believe that. I, I couldn't get any fights. Even 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 when I'd give up weight, when I'd fight in a different discipline, I, I just couldn't get fights. And it was just, it was so difficult for me. I'm like, why, why am I doing this? Yeah. Why am I doing this? I don't even get to do the thing that I want to do. I don't even get to do the thing that I'm sacrificing so much for. Why don't you just fucking switch? Like yeah. just fucking switch. But it was like I, but I love I love this so much for me. Muay Thai is, is night and day above everything. It's like, I love any kind of fighting. Like I'd fight fucking anything you put in front of me, but Muay Thai, it like speaks to my soul. You know, it's like, there's just, it's like that love of your life. Yeah. Like you can't really explain it to your, somebody it's else. Your, like it's your just passion. Yeah. It's my fucking passion, man. Like, and, and anything else, I feel like I'm lying. Like I'm just doing this because I like to fight. It's fun. Like, but it's not what drives me, you know, it's not yeah. what I live for. So that was really tough. And then going into 2009, I, I made it my new year's resolution going into 2009. It's like, I'm going to give Muay Thai one more year. I'm going to push it as hard as I can. If by the end of this year, things haven't picked up, then I'm going to make that fucking switch. Cause I'd rather, I'd rather fight anything than not fight at all. Yeah. And, uh, fortunately for me, uh, a week after new year's, I got a call to go fight in China for the WBC title on like a week and a half notice. And I was like, all right, let's fucking go. And I went over there 
uh, had this crazy war with a Chinese kid over there and snapped my ankle and they actually fucking robbed me over there. And then we ended up having a rematch. I had to re- rehab my ankle and then we had a rematch uh, in Vegas. And then I won, I won four titles that year. In 2009? Was, it was like the greatest. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Shit. I won two WBC titles. Um, I don't even remember what the other organizations were, but yeah, so things picked up. And then from that point, things progressed and got bigger and better. And yeah, fortunately kind of worked out for me. So when you got... I want you to tell if you're okay with telling the story. I think it was a, I think it was a world title where you got hurt prior to you went into the fight hurt. Yeah. Yeah. The lion fight world title. Um, that was actually my first world title. Was it? That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think the reason why why I want you to tell that story is because, so I recently shared a story when I was young, I was probably, 19, 20 years old. And I, I didn't have the experience under my belt. Like I do now of weathering the storm. Right. And I had done some hard, I grew up hard, you know, like the, you know, you've heard, you heard, you heard my story. And, uh, but I let, I let an injury get the better of me. And it was in a martial arts course in the Marine Corps. This was in 2000, I think. And, uh, 2000, 2001. And, um, anyways, I basically, in my terms, bitched out of the F, F of the final exercise. So I had done this like three yeah. week grueling course and I had, I had, uh, I had two cracked ribs. My ear got basically ripped off. So they had to sew it back together. And the reality is all I had to do was show up. I mean, I showed up, but like yeah. show up at the FTX and just fucking go through it at whatever ability I had. Right. Uh-huh. But, but I let that, I let that pain and I let that, like that doubt of me completing. And I was like, I don't think I can do it. Like I'm fucked up. You know what I mean? I can barely breathe this and that. And then I hear your story and I'm like, what the fuck? And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, obviously, those things happened. Those same things happened to me in combat. They those same same things happened to me other later down yeah. in life that didn't have the same effect. But that was a good lesson for me. That was a brilliant. Yeah. Like, and I never had told that story. And a business partner brought it up, and uh, and I and he goes, "Dude, I'm so sorry." Afterwards, he's like, "I totally didn't mean to put you on the spot publicly because we, you know, we did a public thing with our coaching group," uh-huh. and uh, and I'm like, "Fuck!" So I just I just told the story. And then after I told yeah. the story there, I I, did, I made a video publicly talking about it, um, about hardship. Mm-hmm. But anyways, I think it's important because I think we sell ourselves, we sell ourselves short of what our cap what our human capability is. Oh yeah, and, oh, yeah. Uh, all and the you, fucking and, time we do. And you and you kind of showed that with that. So anyways, yeah. And then to your point, we we often, especially when we we have accomplished things, when we have gone through diversity and extremely difficult situations we kind of naturally our brain says oh i'm a strong person now yeah as if you're just as if you're just there for the rest of your fucking life right you know so it's like sometimes you'll go through like the worst injury ever and then you assume a smaller injury won't be as devastating right where sometimes it's it's fucking worse because because your brain thinks oh this is easy and then you you 
you fail. So it's an, it's an unending process for the rest of your life. Exactly. You're not just a strong person. It's choice, every, choices every day, every moment, yep. every second you have. And, and the more you recognize that, the stronger you will be instead of waiting for those times to happen. Like now I need to be strong. You need to be strong. You can never be weak. Ever. <laughs> anyway, so um, yeah, I was training for my first world title. I believe this was 2015. I don't remember the year. Anyway, so I'd, I'd won a bunch of international titles, national titles, all that. But I, I never had my shot at the, the world title. And then uh, this was actually after I had blown my knee out, blew my ACL out, um, had come back from that, built my way back up the ranks. So I'd gone through like hell to get back to this point all that adversity, all those trials. And then I'm like, finally, now I'm, I'm at the, I brought myself back up to where I was prior to the injury in the world stage. I got my chance at a world title. It's going to be in my hometown in Vegas. It's going to be on national TV. All these fucking people are going to be there. Like, like Joe Rogan was there and like, you know, it was a, it was a big fucking deal. And especially for me, like, this is the, the peak of everything that I've been working towards for 15 years of my life, everything that I gave up, everything I sacrificed, everything I went through, I fucking made it to the, the show. Like, this mm -hmm. is it. This is my time, you know, and I'd never felt better, stronger, more focused, more disciplined. Everything in training had just been, couldn't have been better, better. I mean, every moment, there wasn't a moment where I was just like, oh, fuck, or like, you know, dealing with like the lulls and training or, you know, you're just kind of sick of it. It was just like, I was just so driven. I was ready to go and, and everything was responding. My body was, was responding, right. My mind, everything, everything was perfect. And that alone should have been a giant red flag. Like, <laughs> right, <yeah. laughs> something fucking some, bad's going to fucking happen gonna... any minute, <laughs> you know, but it had also, it was also one of those things where I had been through so much. I'm like, maybe finally I get a fucking break and I don't like bust my hand a week out or what? Like, cause I had gone through so many awful, yeah. really awful injuries, going into fights with awful injuries, sicknesses, fighting with pneumonia, fighting with a broken hand, uh, fighting with a fractured skull. So I, you know, I'd gone th through the fucking ringer more, so much more than most. I mean, you know, you think about just a, a fighter in general, like you're going to go through some shit. I was at such a higher level of going through injuries and adversity. I, I don't know adversity. I don't know what it was. I was just like, I, I couldn't get away from it. It was always something, but it like, I always, it was like, it's a fucking test. Like you, because you're so far behind, like you need to be tested more to be that much stronger. Yeah. So I always viewed those really difficult things as anytime something bad would happen, I'd be like, all right, there's a test. You want to, there's an, a test and it's an opportunity that nobody else has. You can use this to 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 pit, pivot up to the top ranks just by by going through this by not letting this break you. Yeah. So I had I had learned those lessons over and over and over. I mean, fifteen years of 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 trials like that. And um, anyway, like I said, I was training for this fight for two months, and then it was um, I think it was like two weeks out. No, yeah, it was it was two weeks out from the fight. My buddy. Chaz, who I'd always fly out um, to train with me um, because he was one of my main training partners coming up. So anytime I was, I had a big fight coming up, I would fly him out for a couple weeks to, uh, cause he was the only person that really kept me sharp and on point because one, he's really big. He's the guy that's 20 pounds heavier than me. 
and he's really good where a lot of people um, that I was training with at that time, they were kind of, I was helping them build that up. You know, yeah. they were kind of below me, even though some of them were bigger than me, they didn't challenge me in that way where I have to be on point or I'm going to get fucking hurt. Yeah. You know, like anybody else was like, I could, I could dick around if I wanted to. So I had to intentionally keep myself sharp or else I could get away with a lot, you know? And so I would always bring him out. Cause he's like, he's going to let you know if you're on point or he not. Put, he put the pressure, he, he put the pressure on you. He will fucking like, he has no off switch and like, he don't give a fuck what is happening. It's like, I'm here to fucking beat your ass. He's like my best friend, but yeah, you know, I think he, um, he almost uh, holds himself accountable to that. It's like, I have to fuck you up as much as possible to make you better. Yeah. Like he knows that. So, so I always knew that bringing him in. So I had him out. And then one day I like threw a kick, he moved out of the way and then fucking blasted me in the fucking back with a kick. And as soon as he hit me, my, I felt this pop and I dropped to the fucking ground, just rolling around in fucking agony. And I couldn't breathe. I couldn't move. I was taking these just, <laughs> I could, I couldn't even, I couldn't even take a breath. And then finally I was able to get back up to my feet. And I looked down at my stomach and my ribs were pressing out underneath my skin, like really, really just warped, like sticking out underneath my chest. And I was like, oh, fuck, dude. Like, what the fuck is that? <laughs> I don't know what the fuck happened. I knew it was bad. I was like, I don't know if it was broken or what. And um, I like pressed my fucking ribs back in and uh, uh, wrapped this uh, strap around me to hold them in place. And uh, uh, went home, I'm, like laying in bed. I'm trying. I'm still trying. You didn't even go to the doc- to- didn't go to the hospital or anything. You just no, went home? no, no. I didn't. I was like, oh, I mean, maybe I'll. It's like walk it off, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I mean, that's the uh, again the kind of the mentality. Like, yeah, I came it. up that because you know it's like when you're poor, you don't ever go to the fucking doctor. No, hell no. You know, unless yeah. you're dead or you're <laughs> Unless, dying. like a yeah. bone sticking out yeah. yeah so one that was just my mentality when it comes to injuries and sicknesses like fucking yeah. dude walk that shit off or, or go home and fix fix your shit yeah <laughs> or whatever so so i just went home uh you know kept my ribs strapped up and i had to uh, i couldn't lay down because it, it was just in agony and i couldn't sit up <laughs> so i had to like lay in bed at this like 45 degree angle and I'm taking these short labored breaths and it's like, Oh my God, this is like the worst shit ever. So it was like two days of that. And, uh, I'm just like, how the fuck am I? I have a fight. I have a world title fight in less than two weeks. Nobody you know? knew. Right. And I can't, did anybody know this? That happened? No, yeah. no. Well, like my coach knew and yeah. obviously my, my sparring partner, knew, but nobody, nobody on the outside. Knew. Yeah. And, um, yeah. And I was just like, how the fuck am I? Like, I can't, I can't even take a breath right now. Mm-hmm. How am I going to, how am I going to keep training? <laughs> Cause I still got 10 days or whatever it was. And then even if I can make it to the fight, he's going to hit me one time and I'm going to go down. Like even if it's not even hard, I'm going to go down just from the impact. Yeah. There's no way. Like I, I couldn't, I couldn't touch it without dropping to the ground in fucking agony. Um, and then uh, I, I did go to the uh, doctor the next day. And so what happened was I had a, it's called the intercostal tear. So it's like, it's basically a tearing of the muscles that hold your ribs together and allow yeah. you to breathe correctly. So that was torn. And uh, he was like, 
uh, I was like, well, how long does it take to heal? <laughs> like four to eight weeks. I'm like, all right. I mean, I didn't tell him I was, <laughs> I had a fight coming. I was like, yeah. yeah. I, I knew, I knew, and I, I dealt with enough doctors, but at that point, and I, I usually don't even mention the fact that I fight because most of them are like, why do you do that shit? Like, you should stop. You're too old. And uh, yeah, so I was like, all right. And then, you know, left because, you know, it kind of basically told me, it's like, there's no way to heal it except for rest. Like, you have to rest. You can't move. Like, you can't even work out yeah. because while you breathe, it's your, it's like your rib cage is moving in and out and so that keeps it from solidifying. Yeah. You're tearing it more, keeping it from healing. Right. Yeah. So then I'm like, well, how the fuck, how am I going to even train if I can't push myself? <laughs> like I can't, I have to breathe. I need to be able to breathe hard and take big gulps of breath. Um, but again, it was, it was one of those things looking back through all the injuries I've ever had. It was just like, it doesn't matter. And none of that matters. Are you going to do this or aren't you? It doesn't matter. Nothing matters. Like, do you, are you going to do this? Yes or no? Make a fucking choice right fucking yeah. now. There's no fucking debate. You're either going to, you're either going to suck it up and yeah. go in there injured. And that was another thing it was like, well, I could postpone the fight. I could, you know, for another month or two down the road, which would have been totally fine and normal and understandable. People get injured all the fucking time and do that. But one for me, it's like you could postpone it and then the fight could never happen. You could get injured again. He could get injured again. All kinds of stuff. There's a, a, a numerous things that could happen by postponing. But you could also go in there and he could hit you one time and you could be fucking down. And like, and then it's like you're losing not because he was better than you because you went in there at ten percent. Yeah. So how do you how do you make that choice? What are you going to do? Because a smart, rational person would be like, yeah, obviously you're going to postpone for two fucking months. Uh, and be healthy why would you why would you go in there like that you're you can't even fucking breathe but for myself it's always been that there's no point there's nothing that could happen that would keep me from going into this ring I d because where do you draw that line you draw it a line at the injury a, a sickness a bad day there's always a reason not to go forward like if you want a reason not to do something there's fucking plenty of them real or imagined right and you can you'll come up with it yeah it's it's, yeah. it's fucking easy and i've just i guess for myself it's always been where do you draw that line i don't fucking draw that line if 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 i'm breathing then i'm gonna get in that fucking ring even if they pick me up and place me in that fucking ring uh and having done that so many times that clearly helped but each time it's almost like it never happened it's it's just another gigantic it's it's night and day different than any other injury it's it's another thing it's another point in your life it's whatever i mean like they're not comparable really right but the choice is comparable the, yeah. the knowing that you have that choice is and the more that you do it the more the more you can't ignore the fact that you have a choice you know you got a fucking choice like are you going to do this or not and if you don't you don't have to but know that you did have that choice mm -hmm to make and and again for myself it was like there is no fucking choice i'm gonna fucking do this because who's to say i don't have the best fight of my fucking life just because i'm injured who's to say i can go in there 100 percent and i just get caught with something stupid like there's no there's no formula to this shit there's no guarantee or, or, there's either no way guarantee. yeah there's no guarantee either way you everything can be 
the best it can be and you can do the worst just like everything can be the worst and you could be the best that's why so many times when i'm have those days where i don't want to go i use that as like this might be the best day of your fucking life yeah this might be the best fight of your life this might be the best training session of your life. and the more times you do that the more you realize even if it's not great it's not as typically it's not as bad as you thought it was going to be you're going to do a lot better than you thought um, and, and, and that's something you develop over time and continually making those choices. So yeah, I made that fucking, I was like, it's, I'm not fucking, I'm not postponing this. Cause when, I, when, it's like, when in the injury did you did make that decision that you weren't postponing? Like how far, how many? Um, so, so, so basically my coach was like, if your fucking rib is broken, I'm not letting you fight. I don't care what, cause he knows me. He's like, I'm going to fucking go in there. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to fucking fight, man. So he kind of, he knew that he would have to take that out of my decision hand. So, yeah. um, I like, I was going to do it regardless. Like I had those, I had a mo there was that debate in my mind, like, oh, maybe you shouldn't do this. I'm like, dude, don't be a fucking bitch. Dude. <laughs> like that's always, that's always my, uh. Uh, I always have that voice in my head. Anytime I want to quit, it's like, dude, don't be a bitch. And that, that, that always gets me like, yeah, you are being a fucking bitch right now. <laughs> even if it's understandable, you know, even, like yeah. obviously it's understandable, but you're being a fucking bitch. So, um, yeah. Uh, unfortunately it wasn't broken. It was torn. And, uh, you know, again, it was the worst shit ever, but I was like, I'm fucking doing this shit. Yeah. And, what i mean even just like just getting ready for the fight that last week and a half was it was fucking hard man like trying to run and do all my sprints and uh you know i couldn't spar anymore really but i, I still had to do like i could do pad work but i could only kick with one side because the opposite side rotated it and opened my ribs up so it was like everything was i don't remember if it was my left or my right side that i could use but i was like one-sided the whole time and then, and then still every day, like I'm training, it's like, I could just envision him hitting me. Like my body will drop on its own. Like it's not going to be a conscious yeah, yeah. thought. Like yeah. it's just going to be a switch, like touch, don't. Yeah. And then, you know, your brain's like, everyone around is going to think he fucking like hurt me and knocked him. Like I was fucking, it's not like I can hold up a sign and says, Hey, I'm injured. If I go down. You know, it's not that, it's not, it's not what you think it is. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I, uh, you know, I, I kept my preparation going as much as, as I mean, more, more than I could. I, I still did all the, all the shit I normally do. I did all my sprints. That was probably the hardest thing. Trying, trying not to breathe correctly <laughs> while you're doing sprints, you know, and like yeah. minimize how far your rib cage is like that was fucking like the worst shit uh, i mean eventually i was like dude i don't fucking care if this hurts i need to breathe obviously yeah you know i'm like i'm gonna fucking just do it and it was real i mean most of the times with injuries and stuff it's like when i'm done training like going to bed and waking up in the morning was just fucking agony man it was awful it was just horrific and then when you're training you just can't you can't think about that shit so you turn that switch off yeah but as soon as, as soon as that last bell, bing, you're like, oh my God, I'm dying. <laughs> I'm fucking dying. Um, yeah. And then, um, going in like the, the warm up, and then there's a, I actually have a photo of it. Like right before I'm about to walk out, I'm kneeling down on the stairs. There's like this blue light and it was just that 
and it's something I always have prior to a fight. It's like, it doesn't matter how good or bad the preparation was. It doesn't matter what injuries you have. It doesn't matter who you're facing. You have to accept those things and just let it go. Yeah. It doesn't matter how good or bad your training was. It, it None of that matters. Once you get to that point, all that is irrelevant now. Mm-hmm. And you have to, you just have to let go of it. Mm-hmm. You have to let go of everything that's in the past and you have to be completely living in that moment, which is one of the greatest things. I think about fighting or anything extreme. You are so, you're never more present than you are in those situations. And I, I mean, obviously, you know, in a military situation, but um, anything that connects you to the right now is, is one yeah, of the you're most not You're not thinking about all the extra the bullshit in your life. You're thinking, because that, that's going to catch you. You are 100% Yeah, you're not thinking about anything. No. It's just... It's almost as if thoughts aren't, it's just feelings. There's no thoughts anymore. Yeah. And you're, you're, you're there. And when that switch hits, it's, it's, it's the most beautiful thing in the world. And then I went out, so we went out there and the first thing he fucking does is kicks me right in the fucking wrist. The very first thing. I don't remember you telling me that. I'm like, no, I didn't. I was like, you, and like in my head, I'm like, you motherfucker. (laughs) I can't fucking. We just did that, but you know, but I didn't even, didn't even, I didn't fucking affect me whatsoever. I didn't feel it. And I just, and I went on, I ended up having probably the best performance of my entire career uh, and got that world title around my waist. And it was just another, I mean, it was probably the, it was probably the biggest uh, moment as far as like the worst injuries, the biggest yeah. stage, the biggest of everything all at once. You know, I've, I've a lot of singular moments of like the hardest fight I've ever fought or another injury, like a skull fracture, but the combination of the elevation of all those aspects have never been that high. And then to, to perform the way that I did and, and go through it, it's not like it was a fucking easy fight. Like that motherfucker is a fucking scrapper man and he's he's a fucking badass the so, video which i'm it I don't was, know, mark you're gonna put the video while we're talking probably be good yeah the, like that video i mean i was just you can't even imagine that you were dealing with that injury if you look at it yeah because you just yeah you, yeah so no seemed and, like you and nobody on fire knew. you seemed like you were absolutely was, on fire yeah and it's it's I, I always again i view those things as you have to push yourself so much farther past that point. So when you go and do when it's like when you face an opponent, that's so far out of your realm of, of skill level, you have to elevate your game. When you're going into something already injured, you have to elevate your game. Yeah. Well, you don't have to, Well, I mean, if you, <laughs> you can obviously let, let somebody, if you want, like, if you're going to do it, you, the only way to do it and be successful is you have to go so far above what you think is possible yeah that realm of possibility and you raise your level like that can and continue on small scales as i mean that was a big scale but even the small things that we do is you raise your level of what you can tolerate how good how strong how smart how if you want to continually raise that point you have to go past what your brain and your body and your heart thinks you can do you have to go past that and then you get there and then like this seems normal now and then you go past there again and that that was just a giant leap up from where i was what i thought was 
possible. And, you know, looking back, I, I was very fortunate. And at the same time, somebody might say unfortunate because there's a lot of really bad things. But to be able to take those things and go through them and, and become stronger and better because of it. And, and as I said prior, it's like anytime something bad would happen, an injury, a loss, these devastating things, I'm like, this is, you have an opportunity here. What do you want to do with this? Are you going to let this break you? Or are you going to use it as fuel to be better? Because mm-hmm. it's you and it's, that's on you. What do you want to do with it? Nobody else is doing this to you. You're going to let it break you or you're going to be stronger for it. And you have to make that decision. And this, you have to know that's your decision. It's not anybody else's. And it's like once once that clicks in your head that you're, it's your responsibility, it makes it really hard to just point it. Like you can you can rely on your excuses, but you know that you're fucking doing it. Yeah, yeah. It's like I know I'm being a fucking bitch right now. And like and that almost makes it, you know, you're like you might do it for a moment. You're like, all right, I can't I can't fucking live like this. Like there's no fucking way. So I'm because there have been those times when I did let situations and circumstances get the better of me. You know, as I said before, it's not like you're all of a sudden strong with everything forever. You're gonna have those moments and, and oftentimes it's the it's the moments you're least expecting something yeah. that's maybe not as drastic as, as the, the really uh, powerful ones or, or significant things you did before. And those are the ones that are really going to test you. It's, it's when you, you don't actually need to be that strong, which is when you need to be the strongest. What was your, what was your feeling or thought process once you did win? Oh my gosh. It was, it was, I, I was still just in that moment. You know, just like the fight, there wasn't, uh, it was, uh, it's hard, it's hard to explain what it was because as we said before, like I, I saw my, I I didn't envision myself losing. I mean, there was times I'm like, yeah, he's going to hit me. I'm going to go down. I was like, I, I, so often for me, it wasn't even visualizing myself winning. It was visualizing myself never giving up I'm like there is nothing you can fucking do to me to make me back down to slow down i'm gonna keep going forward and if i do that more than likely i'm gonna fucking win <laughs> or i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna, I'm gonna do very well so uh, that 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 was kind of my always my thing is like i know that i can outwork you i know that i can out pain you i can out difficult you i know that i can outdo that with fucking anyone and that's why people's technical ability level or experience level for me was just a non-factor. So like you yeah. can't, you're not willing to go as dark and deep as I am because I fucking live here. Well, that's the difference in it. That's the difference in, you know, the general populace or a world champion. So if you're listening and you're watching yeah. or, you know, like you want to go the distance, like that's the, that, that right there is the difference. That's the difference between the and 1% it, and, it is. and the 99%. And that's, I think that's such a significant thing for people to understand is so much of that is just refusing to give up. You know, clearly there, right. there's obviously talent and, and things you're born with, but that's only one piece of the puzzle. I've watched you know, people, and there's always I've watched people with talent. I've watched people with talent. I've watched people with born gifts and they quit before they even, they, before they even get started because they don't have, yeah, some, they don't have that extra level. <laughs> Right. And, and often it's, it's better not to have that because you're forced to build up those other pieces right. of the puzzle that you need. And when you are talented, you, 
you take advantage of that and you don't think you need those other things. Yeah. And, but then eventually things, things are going to even out and you're not going to have the, the strength, uh, the willpower that it takes to push yourself past where if yeah. you don't have that, you know, that's all you have to rely on is like, I didn't, I was never, I didn't think of myself as a very talented person. And again, starting as late as I did, I just refused to ever quit. And I would always push myself beyond anybody else. I was like, if we're working out today, I, like you're never going to fucking outwork me. You're going to, you can do more than me because you're bigger and stronger and faster, but I'll still I be will here. fucking break you. Yeah. I will fucking break you. And that, that was always my mentality when I fought was I want to make you quit. <laughs> I don't even want to knock you out. I want to make you quit. And that's, that's where I got my nickname and why it stuck the soul assassin, because I, I viewed things like that. I want to, I want to make, I want to, you to question every belief you've ever had and I want to break you and I want you to quit because I never will. I never will. And I, so I really enjoyed, especially like in training and stuff. It's like, I just want to break you so wanna, bad. I just want to break your will. <laughs> yeah. And well, I also want to find out if you have that will. So you find that out as well. Yeah. yeah. So I, I would look, I view that as a beneficial thing because you're helping that person understand, do you really want to fucking do this? It's like getting thrown into the deep end. Uh, yeah. I talked about this the other day. Um, there's that really great Hulk Hogan story where he gets his shin snapped that first day. And it's like, you really want to fucking do this. I'm helping you by giving you that, that difficulty because it's going to show you if you want to do this. Yeah. So when, when you're pushing someone, it might seem like you're being mean to them or, you know, being a fucking asshole, which yeah, sometimes you can be, but they should be thanking you for pushing them because you're helping them make that decision. Well, and people, I, I'd rather you make the decision today. People pay me now to, uh, to do that. So <laughs> that's a great, but I'm job. brutally honest. And I tell them it's, it's comes from a place of love. Like I, all these other people are going to lie to you. They're all going to lie to you. Yeah. I'm going to tell you the fucking truth. And that, and, and that truth is so that you become a better human being. But, yeah. And so, if, I, if we did that more in this life, we'd probably all be a better off. So where, where can people find you? Where do you, where do they, uh, I want them all to follow your Instagram so that we, we tell Meta to go <laughs> fuck themselves, but where, where yeah, do people find me. you the best? Yeah. Instagram's always the best, uh, even though they, they got the, uh, the shadow ban on me. That's pretty hard to break, Well, hey, uh, listen, but you can my, tag me my now. listeners. My listeners will absolutely love you because I've, I've okay. a feeling they would actually, they absolutely will love you. So you should go follow. Um, what's your handle again? It's the soul assassin, D a soul assassin, the soul assassin. Yeah. The links below. That's my Twitter and my Instagram and everything else. So yeah, follow me and share my set so I can break out of this, this, uh, <laughs> bubble. They, they stuck me in for the last three years. Well, there's so much more I got to run, but there's so much more I want to talk to you about. So if you're down, I'd love to have you back on another time. Talk about kind of the anytime, brother. and everything that's going on the past couple of yeah. years. Um, I'd love to, man. It's great. You, did you guys move to Montana yet? You did we're 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 yeah. we're in montana because we're coming out the snowboard mid-february yeah we're in bozeman right now we're, i'm coming to cali spell snow, the snow okay board. yeah we uh we actually spent a couple weeks up there prior to uh coming here we were trying to find where where we wanted to be and this is a little closer to like the gyms and stuff so yeah. this is where we're going to be probably 
but I think eventually we're going to end up like that. We're going to retire up there. I'm going to, we'll have to get Ali and we'll, we'll have to come hang out hit, hit, and you can show me how to hit the mats and not just do ground stuff. Yeah. We actually, um, we've actually been uh, talking about going back up there. When are you guys going out there? Uh, mid February, second week. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Maybe we'll come up for uh, the weekend or something. That'd be dope, dude. That'd be super dope. Yeah. Well, definitely. well Hey, definitely. go, go follow Kevin. You guys know the deal. Go share this. Uh, if you if you put this on social media, tag me, tag Kevin, and uh, we'll push it out as well. A um, lot of a lot of little tidbits here that you need to apply into your life. So you guys know the deal. Never quit. Never surrender. Always keep moving forward. And we'll see you guys in the next episode. Thanks, Kevin. Oh, 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 oh,